the 2019 NBA Champions. Repping everywhere I go. Everybody from the cold. This is where we call it home. To the T dot, the six with Larry in the mix. Where Kawhi shooting from the corner, posing for the pigs. This the city where we all speak pot to our brother English. Raptors is my squad, that's why I see. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Terp, the Untitled Raptors Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. Thanks for joining us. We've got a great week ahead. We've actually had a fantastic Raptor week already. But uh Akshay, how's it going? Gloomy day in Toronto so far. Yep, gloomy and early. The things Talib does to for our uh for our dozens and dozens of fans wakes my ass up at 7:30 in the morning to tape this podcast. I have not prepped for this podcast today. Talib has done all the prep work, so I'm just going to feed off him. You are going to be the point guard and I will be Bismack Biombo just letting you serve alley-oops and just dunking them in that's all i'm doing today it's too early talent that's like regular me on the court i am (laughs) i am steve nash and you are i don't even know you're not you're you're not even good enough to be sean marion today you're gonna uh, you're like sean marion's good man i don't take sean marion exactly you're not even good enough to be that i think you're worse than that you're like so today i'm uh i'm g league mvp today Lorenzo Brown. Lorenzo Brown. Lorenzo. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk some Raptors. Uh, what do you, you want to get right into it? Do you have anything exciting you want to talk about of the week, or, or are we just going to talk Raptors? No, let's, let's, talk, let's talk Raptors. Let's talk Raptors. All let's right. go. All right. Wednesday, magic. It feels like so long ago because that, that the Sixers game was great. I just I want to get through these first two games so we can talk about the Sixers game. Um, what did you find about the, the Magic? I was at this game. It was exciting. And this is the one when Nikola Vucevic died after like uh, the first first quarter. He saw Gasol and auto- automatically got an ankle sprain. <laughs> and, right. and Aaron Gordon. Too. Aaron Gordon too. Aaron Gordon, did he play? I don't think he played. Yeah, he did. He played. He, oh, he played two quarters. Man, I don't know how. Like, he's so invisible against the Raptors. I this could, guy should be so much better than he is. I didn't see him at all. Like, and then Vucevic was like, I saw Vucevic go down pretty hard, and we're like, oh god, this is the end of Vucevic. And uh, so Vucevic definitely got gasoled pretty early. So he was invisible for the entire time. The what? I, I enjoyed this game. TD two, man. Terrence. TD two. Terrence Davis two. What, three was amazing. So it was really really good to see. 19 points. Uh, that was one of my highlights. Everyone else, I think Siakam. This was a pretty clean-cut victory, so nothing much to like talk about or anything like that. Overall, pretty easy victory for the Raptors. Should have they, they took care of business as easy. If you're playing a team without Nikola or Aaron Gordon and your main weapon is T. Ross, come on, man. T. Ross. We've, we've seen bench units ca- like carried by T. Ross. They aren't, they aren't fun to watch. No, uh, just three pointers after three pointer or three point. That's not even going in. That's two point attempts. Yeah, his. You know what it is though? He does win the award for one of the prettiest shots though. Every yeah. time he goes up, it looks so pretty. It is. It the, looks pretty. I think T. Ross is the only T. Ross memory that I have that like sticks out to me is that fifty-one point game. Do you remember that? Of course, fifty-one yeah, point he, game. He, up, he got ten threes that game against the LA Clippers. Jamal Crawford, I think. Beat, uh, right. Jamal Crawford had scored like fifty-two as well. So it was like Did a shoot. You, have you seen there's like this new like trend on in the NBA where now they're they're 
trying to get Jamal Crawford back in the NBA, like they did with uh, Carmelo Anthony in terms of like the players tweeting out. So like I think CJ McCollum tweeted out yesterday. He was like, you know, got to get my my guy Jay Crossover, which is his Twitter handle, a job in the NBA. No, we do not. He's <laughs> even worse than Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I don't. He's the kid. He could fine. He could score, but there's a lot of people who could score. You got to play defense today in the NBA. It's like so hard to play defense. They can't hide anybody anymore. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's like so. Jamal Crawford was absolutely awful on defense. So great shooter, but I think he he. I also also thought that he was a great shooter only against the Raptors. So I so we saw a lot <laughs> of them. We saw him. I, I think I've seen him beat us through like Chicago, New York, LA. So like. Already three teams out of the 15 teams he played for. <laughs> yeah. Feels like he played for 20. This game, I don't want us to talk a lot about it. I'm just tired of watching the Magic. That's all I was thinking. And we have to watch them one more time in this week coming up. I feel like we've watched them a billion times because of we've, this is, we've seen them three times this year. We saw them five times late last year in the playoffs. It's like I'm almost a scout for them at this point. We've seen the game so many yep. times. Um, they are the same thing over and over again. They're just an up-and-coming team. That hey, there is, is a trade rumor going around with the Magic recently. What is this? Uh, is this an actual trade rumor? Yeah, yeah no, no, it's actually a trade oh, rumor. Okay. This is actual. This is not some like uh, hoopshype.com <laughs> trade rumor. This is some legit trade rumor that's been circling. Uh, it's the DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yeah, and, I heard that. Right. And DeJounte Murray for Aaron Gordon and, I don't know, someone else. And T- I don't think it's T-Ross, but Aaron Gordon. Uh, and a couple other like small picks. That's the, that's the trade. So Demar Derozan going to Magic to become to turn the Magic into the ultimate defensive garbage team in the yeah, NBA. I don't understand. <laughs> like I, Demar needs to. Demar is offensively he can put up points like a number one option, but he's not good enough to be a number one option in terms of like the the crucial moments. And he's, his game isn't good enough to do it. So I think he needs to go be like a, a second or third option on a good team. Oh, He's just not good enough to be even a second option on a like I, the years that him and Lowry were carrying the team. He was the second best player. Like he was, he had the most scoring, but he was definitely the second best player behind Lowry. And even then, it's hard. Yeah, I, I think he needs to be like the. I think in today's NBA, he almost needs to be the third best player on a team if you really want to have success. But he's just cost too much money. That's rough, man. Third best yeah. player. Third best player is like this is someone like Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton style. I think he's way better yeah. than both of them, right? So, yeah, they're not very good either, though. All right, let's go Hawks. What are we doing, Hawks? So this game, what? Okay, I will start with the Raptors took them very lightly, and the Rap and the Hawks played hard, and so it became a game. Um, and that, I think this was like the only game all season they allowed a team to shoot over fifty percent. So they did not play very well defensively, which is their calling card. Uh, but it was nice to see that like they could still close it out. It's it's kind of like the oh we're better than you, we're just going to put our foot on the gas and, and kind of go. What did you find on this game? Exact same thing. I think it was just poor defensive efforts. You're just watching this and you're like, you can't you can't let this team like this team is like a bunch of nobodies. Like other than Trey Young, it's like yo Vince Carter. Come on, yeah, eight but, points, eight uh, points for I Vince know, Carter. I know Vince Carter was is Vince Carter you know he does that same thing comes in he had like a couple of good plays uh but I thought one thing was that we let them come into their mid the mid-range like how do you shoot you shoot they shot 52 percent from mid-range like mid-range has to be one of your worst spots to shoot from that's why and they just let them come in and take some easy jumpers and uh that kind of 
was a bit annoying, but I think in the end, Pascal stepped up when it mattered the most, and Norman Pascal decided, like, you know what, this is the, this is the end. I think it was towards the last four minutes of the game that's where the Raptors like were like, okay, we we can we can actually play. We got a good Norm in that game. I love when we get good Norm. It's the best. Uh, Norm Powell's like it's 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 like a you have no idea. It's like you're rolling a dice every game. Yeah, right? it's a yo-yo. But yeah. although he's been he's been really good since he's been a starter in the last, like I think I think the last game against the Sixers he wasn't good, but the the seven or so before that he was actually really good. So when he gets consistent minutes, his decision making has been a lot better this year. There's been less of those like driving into the into the middle where you're like, oh, this is going to turn out bad. There's like three defenders there. You're just not tall enough to to drive into three defenders. But you're not quiet. Also, Norman Powell, what he's done recently against defenders, he's become a very good catch and shoot. So if you notice the games right now, his catch and shoot game is very good from the corner, and Freddie V finds him. I think he hit a couple of three balls with this with against the Sixers on on Monday. And it was uh, it was fantastic. It was a catch and shoot, boom, right on, yeah. right. Yeah. Let's right. talk about my favorite game, the Monday game, Sixers, where Joel Embiid and Drake scored the same number of points. I was gonna say Joel Embiid, <laughs> Mark Elfel, I'm sorry, jo- Joel Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris scored yeah, the, less the, than Freddie V. Yeah, oh, Freddie Freddie V scored more points in yesterday's game oh, than he did all sure. last series. Last series, he averaged That's two points good. a game. He went nuts, right? I mean, anyway, uh, let's let's break it down overall offense. What do you what do you like about the offense? Uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought Freddie and uh, and Pascal both played pretty well. I thought I, I like when I get to see games where Pascal gets to close, like as the as the number one guy, and he he closed really well. He he got a an and one to tie it and then take the lead. Um, he made a defensive play, which was a terrible pass for a guy who only can pass. Um, oh, that was by, awful. By right, right in the lane. Like, yeah, right I in the lane. He didn't even... It wasn't... Like, obviously, Pascal is very athletic and he could he could jump back quickly and, and read that. But still, that was a terrible pass. And then... Um, and then... He, <laughs> and then he did his 360 shot, which when he had six seconds to go, Ben Simmons did. I did. I, I did not get that. Like I was like, "What the heck was that?" No, yo, you're a point guard, man. You got to be more aware of the clock, oh uh, especially when you're a point guard who can't shoot. Like it's shocking that you, your first instinct would be like 360 and take a shot with six seconds to go. And then he, and then Pascal closed it off with a dunk and did his little, uh, his little like I don't know, put his hands out or whatever. Whatever stand that is, the Afro um, shake, man, Afro shake. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was. And Freddie was awesome. I thought Freddie was by far the best player. Um, and then Gasol, in his usual Gasol ways, puts his puts up a great performance in under five points. The, he just has the best under five point performances ever. He 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 assisted really well. Obviously, played Joel Embiid awesome. Um, they they schemed on him so well, but Joel Embiid just he just didn't. I don't know if he you know sometimes people say he looks disinterested. I think when you suck, you look disinterested, right? That's the thing. Like he, he's watch the, when you watch the game, you see Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid gets ball every time, not in the post. He gets it in the mid or the three point line, and that's not a suit. And Gasol's right there, so he can't. He's not fast enough to beat Gasol. He's strong enough, but if you don't let Gasol uh, Embiid come in the post, you're pretty much eliminating a significant part of his game, which is using that strength and uh, brutal force to get inside inside presence. Where, well, that's where Embiid does damage. 
And as for her shot, the Raptors play the gamble. Raptors really play the gamble. They were like, you know what? We're going to play the odds. We're going to force the Sixers to shoot and nothing around the paint. And that's why the Sixers shot well from three-point. A lot of them were open shots. We gave it to them. Right? But as long as that the Sixers are not going to go inside the paint and try to get those buckets, Rapsky forced 76ers to shoot, which means they allowed only 9% of the 76ers shots were around the paint. 9%. Yeah. That's they, no. That's low. They close the paint. They close the paint. They they have the Raptors. So Nick Nurse, this this guy needs to get some serious love for the way he's coached over the last year and a half. It it's it's really hard to get love when you have a like a, a superstar like Kawhi because everybody just gives the love right there. But but he's actually become super innovative. He he is he's the one who did all like the box one in in the finals. And now you know who does the box one? Other coaches do it. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. This year you're seeing like crazy defenses because they're like, oh, this dude had the balls to pull that out in game six of the NBA finals. We can pull it out on a Wednesday night against Charlotte and box one Terry Rozier or something, whatever, you know? Um, and, and we can see what it looks like. They, like Nurse has coached tremendously. He's actually made... The funny thing was he was known as an offensive coach, but I think he's gotten a lot more attention now for his defense because he's got the guts to do box and ones. He's got the guts to do like triangle and two, yeah. two, three zones, um, man to man. And my favorite thing about the Raptors defense is when they double, they double. Like it's not like this little soft double where they're like there's a person in the in the post going, should I go out and double? Should I not? Like they know their game plan. This guy doubles when when Joel Embiid catches the ball at the block and doubles hard. Like, it's a super, super hard double that you have to get the ball out. And then they're one of the best scrambling teams. So I think everything you would you you would not want from a defense like three or four years ago where the defense is out of sort and you're scrambling and you're closing out on shooters quickly and things like that, which, which you feel like you could get attacked doing, the Raps do. And they're actually so good at it and they keep... They keep uh, um, the teams at like forty percent shooting pretty regularly, and if you keep teams at forty percent shooting, um, then you're gonna give yourself a chance to win. Yeah, I, you know what? That'd be super interesting. I'm gonna look at some stats and seeing what's like. There's definitely an odd to this, right? Like, what type of players? Like, if you keep the team team shooting in the paint, if you minimize the paint shots, what percentage of team actually wins the game in the new NBA? Right, like. Because you're you're taking a shot with their shot, like with their shooting, and sometimes it works out. It may not work out against the Golden State Warriors, who are just like shooter heavy. But anyone with like a inside presence, this year's Golden State Warriors, oh, this state's Golden State Golden State Warriors. I I really think that I could be on a team and win win beat them. Have you declared your eligibility to play for Canada yet? Because Three um, people already have. No, my tweet will come out today at 11 a.m. Uh, you know, I only do it by Twitter. It comes slowly. I'll tell them I am ready to, and I'll give them my full commitment because I want to represent my country because, A, I'm only traveling only to Victoria. So it's not even that big of a commitment. Uh, plus, we should book our tickets to Victoria. So now we'll be going to see uh, Cam Birch. No, man. Now we're going to see Sh- uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And, and 
Jamal Murray. But also Cam Birch. We will Cam Birch, the guy who plays. We've seen him playing against Orlando because we've played Orlando four times and yeah. we beat the shit out of them like four times. And he he's plays, actually good. He plays that. Yeah, the last time he had to play a lot of minutes because yeah, Aaron yeah. Gordon and Vooch were out. But otherwise, he plays like four minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. So. Um, Josh Lewinberg posted, since we were just talking about defense, uh, uh, how the Raptors have done versus All-Stars this year. And they, like what they've done is no secret. They've, they've just heavily attacked the All-Star and doubled them. And here's some of the, some of the stats, just a cherry-picked some of these stats. So Kemba Walker shot, uh, got 22 points on 36%. Vucevic scored 5 points on 8%. Giannis is the only one who had a really good game. He scored 36 on 70%. Chris Middleton scored 11 on 33%. LeBron James, 13 on 33%. Anthony Davis had a good game. But that that game, they had a clear game plan to get it out of LeBron's hand. It was 27, and he scored on 50. Kawhi Leonard, 12 on 18%. That's my Damian favorite. Lillard, 9 on 17%. Luka, 26 on 36%. Vucevic got hurt. He was he was 1 for 7 with 3 points. And then Joel Embiid got 0 points, and Ben Simmons got 10 points on 50% shooting. But oh, my God. Like, they've killed the best players on on the other team um, with a really, really aggressive defensive game plan. Like, very ballsy by Nick Nurse. I kind of love watching it this year. Like, it's, it's actually fun to watch uh, Nick Nurse scheme with defensively because five years ago, basketball was just, like, man-to-man. And then occasionally you would see some coach be like, ooh, for two, two possessions, I'm going to pull out the zone. And then they would get beat on the like on the glass because they had the zone out and then they would panic and go back to man to man. It was just actually fun now to watch, which is great. All right, man. You know, a couple of things. I was looking at a couple of things off like uh since Freddie V has been our savior today. Like he's getting he, like he's been scoring eighteen points in the la, la, this season. And obviously with Kyle out he's been stepping up. He's playing exactly like Kyle, right? So I wanted. I did some googling and research, and I was like, of all the undrafted players in the NBA to average greater than ten points and five assists a season, right? So, like any season, if you're undrafted, to average greater than ten points and five assists, that's not even a lot, right? For like a point guard or shooting guard, for that matter. Do you know who the top three are? Mm, I, I mean, I saw something here on your notes, but you will tell the fans. Tell, I know Freddie V is in there. Freddie V is now. Uh, Freddie V is up there. Uh, he is number three with 18 points and 7.7 assists, yes. which is pretty good. But uh, everyone else, the next up is John Starks, 19 points and six assists. I didn't know John Starks was undrafted. Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 But then it is our own Toronto, undrafted. Oh, God. I know Mike you're going to say this one. James. <laughs> <laughs> he is. You know, you know. Sometimes they talk about oh my like this God. player. This player's points are empty, like yeah. or it's an empty calories points. That is that was an empty calories season. Dude, if anybody so Mike, ever watched that season, two thousand five, two thousand six season, Mike James scored twenty points a game, averaged six assists a game, and his win share percentage was one of the highest. It's it's eight seven point six. He leg- I remember him legitimately winning. Majority of the games for the Raptors. Raptors didn't have that many good games this season. But he would hit game-winning shots. He right. sucked, though. Oh. He was not good. He was not good that season. I mean, he was the only one who could score. There's no one else. But Mike yeah. James was an undrafted. So, like, from, the, from an undraft perspective, uh, from an undrafted perspective, there's not many players out there in the league at all who have done this. Like, when you think about undrafted players that come to our minds, we think about Freddie V, 
Uh, the other one that came to my mind is Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin's also undrafted. Jeremy Lin, and that's about it. Like no one else. And Jose Calderon. There you go, Jose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it, I think you're going to see a lot more undrafted players nowadays because of the development program. Before, before you needed to get drafted to obviously get into a team, so everybody was. But now, because of the the G League, so Freddie. I guess I know Freddie V's technically undrafted, and, and so is Terrence Davis, but. They both got later into the second round and said to teams, don't draft me because I'm not going to sign a two-way. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so, it's, it's, but it's taking a bet, right? Because if you sign a two-way, yeah. then you you basically don't... You, you, you're you taking a chance on their skill set then. Like, not many people can do that. Not many people can have the luxury and say, say that I'm going to just sign, like, don't give me the two-way. I think I can prove yeah. myself. You just can't. But You're not yeah. skilled enough, Yeah, right? But there's an option now. There wasn't an option, like... 10 years ago for it. And so a player like Freddie V would have gone drafted in like the late second round and would have not had the option to say, don't draft me. So like the narrative of like undrafted is kind of fake now, but it's still pretty impressive considering where he would have gotten drafted. Like he would have gotten drafted in probably like the fifties or something, you know, I'll probably pull this something similar and just to see like, when you look at Raptors development system, the next time I'll pull out something like, Anything after second round and above, right? Because second round and above, like, what's the chance of success that be, that players have in a different organization if you're drafted second round and above? Like, I know if you're drafted in the first round and above, and if you're part of the Knicks, you have zero percent of success because you're shit. The New York Knicks will destroy your damn life. But like for certain organizations, you look at Raptors, you look at I think Miami is also one of them, uh, and even San Antonio. Like they have like phenomenal development systems, or they're picking players really well. Either they have development systems that are really good, or they're actually picking players after a certain round. It more becomes the the it doesn't become more it doesn't become like talent right off the bat. It becomes mental the, the mentality because you need that strong mental set and that drive, right? Like the yeah. persistence, essentially. Yeah, no, I think I think you're starting to see the the impact now of of having a good system. Like, so Terrence Davis specifically came out and said that he picked Toronto because of the path that Freddie V took and Pascal has taken, and all these guys, OG, all these late late picks um, to to become stars, and how um, Toronto like nurtures their players and gives them. You, you kind of you play a role that you can fit into at the given time and then slowly they increase your role. It's such a hard thing in NBA where I, I think baseball, I got my one baseball thing in every podcast. Baseball does uh, has a system where they move people up slowly through the system, which keeps you at the level you should be. A lot of times like these like kids, they're 18 getting drafted number five overall and they're coming into bad teams and they're now told to like save this team. And it's not easy, and so your development just gets screwed up. If you if you develop at a proper pace, which the Raptors can do because they're good teams, and they've got the nine hundred five, and they actually use it well, then you have a higher chance of success. Can you imagine, like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam? They carried us yesterday to or, or on Monday to win against the against the Sixers. And three years ago, they were in the D League. Yeah, not even like. Like they were good in the D League, but just in the D League, like they're like you're not even thinking much about them. I remember when Freddie won the fifteenth spot um, on the roster because they needed a third point guard that season. Yeah, it was so Corey Joseph. 
Yeah, they need because they were he was behind. They needed, and so it was like, oh, this guy's good. Okay, he won the 15th spot. How many people are going to care about the 15th spot on the roster after training camp? And l- let alone that guy two years later becoming, you know, hitting big shots in the NBA Finals like that. Th- that doesn't happen too often. So really exciting to see. I love the way the Raptors are set up right now. Which if if they continue to be set up like this, they may not be championship contenders every year, but they'll be fun to watch at least. That's true. So, so when you talk about how good the Raptors are now, they just reverse the second fight. Do you know how bad the Raptors were? I mean, we all know how yes. bad the Raptors yes. were. But let's very much so. so <laughs> one funny stat I bought up is the number of triple doubles in Raptors history, right? Triple doubles. I don't think it's like a meaningful stat fully, but it's an, it's a fun stat, right? It's an entertaining stat. Now, number of triple doubles. Like you look at LeBron and all that stuff, they get a lot of triple doubles. They make the team better, They're full round players. So the Raptors started getting their triple-doubles. Okay, the, the one of the Ra- Raptors had a triple-double in 2012, right? And it was Jose Calderon who got a triple-double against Indiana. But the, the triple-double before that was Alvin Williams in 2001. For 12 years, we did not have a triple-double at all. Oh, yeah. hold on. I'm going to correct myself. It wasn't Jose Calderon. For 12, Alvin Williams had the triple-double in 2001 against Atlanta. And then you know who had who broke the triple-double streak? Ben Uzo. Legend. Raptor legend, Ben Uzo. So Ben Uzo, I watched, I looked up this box score of this game. He didn't even play. He played 47 minutes. The game went into overtime. I think it was an April game where I think the coach is like, play every minute you got. And, he's, <laughs> and that's how he got his triple-double. He and, only played 16 games that whole season. And he's out of the league very quickly. Yeah, yeah, oh my god so the raptors and then after the after 2012 we've had a bunch of kyle lowry's here and there last one latest one has been kyle lowry in uh march of last year against new orleans pelicans uh yeah so yeah. the nature of the game you can get him a little bit more now but man, but, but like ben uzo man ben uzo but I, man even getting it now it's like you've got players who've it, it's it's a lot harder it's 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 impressive that you've got you need certain type of players to get that right like you cannot expect it certain players to get it like i don't expect pascal to get get it probably in a long long time like he's not i think i could actually you know think about it pascal's pascal's assist is getting better but there's certain players like like shooters like you, you andrea bonyani he wouldn't even get a double double let alone a triple double right oh for that, that time like he would get 25 he points wouldn't get more. a single single man 20, holy moly 25 points one rebound one assists i mean i just want to i just want to blank out everything about the Andre Bargnani era of the Raptors. Like, I just wanted to think it goes from Vince to Bosch, then nothing happens, and it goes to DeMar. All right, let's... let's, let's go five years. Oh. It was it was awful. It was, it, was just, it was disgusting. And uh, hopefully we, we're, we're past that, right? Remember me and you going and cheering for Andrea Bargnani? And, no, man. Uh, Air Barks. Uh, that was my, that was my Air, main man. Air Barks. Oh, man. Air Barks. Air so who do you, who'd you say if you had to bake a bet on who gets a triple-double on the Raptors... Outside of Kyle Lowry, next, who would you say would get it? I do think Marc Gasol is pretty close to it. Yeah, you think you think he's he might have the hard time with the ten points. That's what that's, he has the hard for. I think he 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 may be the first one to get ten points, ten rebounds, ten assists. But that's about it. He won't get anything more, nothing significant. But it's gonna be like. It's gonna be like a Boris Diaw style lineup. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ten, ten, ten kind yeah, of lineup. Yeah, I think Marc Gasol is the only one that gives me the. 
I think he had nine assists last time. So it was, it was, he's, yeah. his assist I think game. Siakam has a chance too. Siakam is, is the one that I would say, like if I had to put money on it, I, I don't think Marcus is a bad pick. I think that's a, that's a fair bet. If I had to put money on somebody besides Kyle Lowry, it would be probably Pascal and then maybe a close second Mark. And then if Freddie V, for whatever reason, can grab 10 boards one day, maybe him, but I can't uh, think of anybody else. I don't, I don't know if he's getting 10 boards, right, with, with everyone around him, but who knows? Kyle does that. Kyle jumps out of nowhere, so that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. Kyle's a better rebounder, though. You know, it'd be interesting. We should. I was thinking, I was watching the game the other day. We can do it on another episode, but I was thinking, what, what is Freddie V better at than Kyle, and how far is he, be- how far is he from Kyle? on the other skill sets right now. Like, I think the gap is closing. Like, even there, I think Freddie V's a, a better shooter already. I think defensively he's better. But I think obviously there's some playmaking, things like that. We should talk about, let's yeah. see how, how far the gap between Freddie V and Kyle is. It's cl- definitely closing. It's definitely closing. Well, yeah, he doesn't waste it. Last year, he used to waste waste so much time on the clock by just dribbling. Like, yeah. like 10 seconds of the clock, just like dribbling, looking, look, looking around. And we'd be like, then we'd be forced to take a, we'd give it a quiet to take this last, last four second shot, right? I mean, that's what it was. Now he's moving around. He knows if he can't find something, he just has to move around until he sees something. And that's what Kyle does. Like Kyle moves around like nowhere, like, you know, all over the place. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Just quick things. I want to go through two things. All right. Now we should, it shouldn't be too long. Mellow watch. What are your thoughts on Mellow so far? Uh, I think it's good. I, th- I think he played really well uh, against Chicago, but it was against Chicago. And so uh, the one thing with Melo is they're going to, he's going to get his shots now because because he's playing with Dame and CJ and the game plan is going to be to to kind of take them out. He's going to get shots, so he has to make them. Um, I, I saw some of your things in your notes that you were talking about him taking more twos. Yeah. He needs to take twos. Like he needs yeah. to play his game, that, that, right? That, that's like, his game. That's his game. Yeah, Two, yeah. He, he, you, he's, you just can't turn him into like the new NBA three point mellow. Like it's not, it's not, it didn't work. They tried in OKC a bit. They tried in Houston a bit, right? They tried to play that game because you didn't well, need he, him. In he a- can shoot it. He can shoot it. He just has to shoot it more in his exactly. rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, half the time, well, Melo's like two-point shots aren't exactly catch and shoots. They're like post-ups. So they're like, yeah, he yeah. plays the or game. Bully ball bully ball. Or he knows how to do that really well. I think that's what he needs to do. And that's what he did against Chicago for a bit, right? So what they're trying to, the problem is when you become a superstar, you have the ball in your hands a lot. Now you're moving into a role player where you become a catch and shoot. What that means is you get the ball and you shoot. Exactly what it means. Catch and shoot. You shoot the ball quick as you can. And Melo doesn't have that in him to do that. Right? He's not He's not been a very good catch and shoot guy. And for the first time, I think in Portland, his catch and shoot numbers have gone down after his Houston and OKC stint because they're letting him be himself, which is so exciting to see. So right now, we haven't seen too much. I'll give you a quick uh, recap here. So New York, when he was in New York, he should shoot six three three field goal attempts to 12 two field goal attempts, right? So pretty good ratio. But in Houston, it was almost even. Houston would expect him to shoot six threes and also shoot six twos if you're going to do it. And the twos are going to be inside. I would think it's probably like layups or, like, or even like uh, putbacks or whatever it is. Portland has reverted back to the New York style. They're like, hey, you know what? We need you to take threes. But hey, don't forget the twos. Get your rhythm in the twos. Mm-hmm. The rhythm is something that Melo's a rhythm shooter. So you're absolutely right on that. Melo has to shoot throughs. I'm excited for Melo to see what he what, what he brings. Uh, against again, you're right. It was only against Chicago, and Chicago is like the uh, Chicago is like the Golden State of the East. <laughs> the Golden State of the East. Yeah, Chicago's like 
that's the thing. There's there's some bad defensive teams, and if you're gonna if you're gonna try to go off or try to bring somebody back against one of those teams, like you, the, it's good to bring them back against one of those crappy teams because then they start to feel good. Like the Pelicans this year are kind of that team. Hey, too. when is They're, Zion coming back? Uh, even when he comes back, he's going to be load managed or rested or whatever the NBA wants to call it at this point. <laughs> they're they're taking away the word load management. Alex McKechnie has just started <laughs> some shit. They're like, there's so much load management talk this year. Kwai's hurt. If you have Kwai on your team, he's going to forever be rested. Just be okay with it. He's hurt. Uh, yeah, he, he's got like a, a chronic knee issue. They're, they're not just, he's not just like, Sitting there, going, you know what? Today I don't feel like playing. He he would play if he could play. He's just not going to play because he and we saw it the last two series. Anybody who thinks Kawhi carried the Raptors to the playoffs, I mean to the championship last year, did not watch those last two series. The last two series, he was definitely good. Don't get me wrong. And just the fact he's Kawhi Leonard is really important. But the other guys played like he was. He was. Uh, I've I've said this before. He was the fourth leading scorer in Game Six of the NBA finals that like he was behind Freddie. So, and he, it was not because he was bad. It was because he was hurt. Like you could see it. Um, so they need to, they need to take care of him because he's not going to be able to uh, play otherwise. Okay. Anyways, let's go to this week's games. Mellow watch. Oh man. I'm excited to see that. I hope this guy actually has a good season though. I What's this week's games. This so are we taping week. next Wednesday or next Tuesday? Uh, I mean, next Monday. We can decide. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's aim for next Monday then. All right. Okay, so we're just going to talk about the three then? Three, the yeah. Three games? Yeah, three games. All right. Today against the lowly Knicks, who are probably done partying at whatever club that the, the NBA players go to now. Markeith Morris. Oh, Marcus Morris. One, which one is this? Uh, one of them. One of them. The, the, the stupider one. No, Marcus. 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 He's the, he's the, guy he's the, he's the better one. He's the better one. Better one, but he's got some attitude yeah. issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the better one. Um, he screwed out. He screwed over uh, the Spurs. They released, they released Bertans to sign him, and then he's like, nah, I'm going to go to New York and make more money and suck. Um, okay, so Wednesday at Knicks, what do you think is going to happen? That's oh, tonight. Yeah, that's, that, that, should, that should be a win. That should be yeah. a win. Yeah, it should be a win. I, I mean, I don't see the Knicks being a level threat. Like, Knicks have kept in the games for a bit. They, they played pretty tight against Brooklyn, but it was freaking Brooklyn without, like, any. Yeah. Brooklyn's not Brooklyn, right, this, this yeah. year either. They're not even good with uh, Kyrie. No, this is disappointing. This is really disappointing. They, they, they just, they're, they're like House of Highlights good. That's what I call them, right? Oh. House of Highlights good is basically, like, handles, shots, play, you know, like, good, good plays, but you're not actually a good team. Like, Man, I just I'm looking at the Knicks schedule right now. Their next five games, they may go zero and five. They have Raptors, Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets. I think they're so. gonna go zero and five. <laughs> like if they beat the Raptors, that, I think the Raptors probably the easiest out of all of them. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Uh, no, Celtics don't have uh, Kemba. Oh, Kemba's or, come back. Oh, is he? I see. Okay, they, and they don't have Hayward right now. Okay, I'm gonna say win on tonight. Uh, Friday, we get to watch. Orlando again. Oh, I'm not talking about Orlando. Just a win. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, wait. And then Sunday, Utah. That is going to be a. Is Gobert back? Yeah, I think Gobert's back. He was. He didn't play last game. I, uh, I would think Gobert's good. I, I didn't think it was like a serious injury. He. So that's why like Giannis went off for 50 because they had nobody. Um, they had nobody to guard like guard the paint when Giannis went in. It was like the smallest lineup. Giannis looked like he was a giant amongst everybody on, on the Jazz. Um, so you're going to say win or loss on that one? I'm going to go with a loss. 
You think that's going to be the loss? Yeah, eh? I think that's going to be, that's going to be my, my our own loss, a lo- so loss. Like I, I think Utah is a very good team. They haven't done so much, so well this year, but hey, I'm I'm I love watching Joe Ingles. Jingles, I'm trying to figure out if no, he's if undrafted too. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's undrafted. Yeah, that, yeah, he is. He is. He is. Yeah, he's undrafted. He also looks like a guy who'd be walking down the street, and you yes. would never think he was an NBA player. That is also very true. Uh, I okay, you know, my my head says a loss on this one, but that's the game that I think Kyle and Serge are going to be back. So, but still, let's just say loss on that one. So I, I agree with you. Let's go win, win, loss. There you go. That's perfect. Also, before we forget, this week's episode was brought to you by our friends at oh. Tinder Photography. <laughs> .ca Are we just, we're not we're going to do a short one today cuz it's morning and Talib doesn't have the energy to be all seductive. I will do I will. I have I think I've got to muster it up. It's 8:30 in the morning. It's beautiful. Love is an extremely powerful drug. The Raptors have been that drug for many years. In fact, the years before, they were just a pain to watch, but with Tinder photography in their lives, they're they're they're, they're on the rocket to success. However, that's exactly like your life. However, at times, sometimes you just need you just need that experience, that love it, and at times it may just be with another person. Times have arrived where you have to go online and swipe or click on your potential match. But what are the chances they're even gonna like you back? Well, our friends at TinderPhotography.ca can help you out and get you the right photos to get that right swipe, get that right swipe, and be on the rocket to success like our Toronto Raptors. TinderPhotography.ca proud partner of the untitled raptors podcast uh turf turf Turf. um we're heading out to go do our day jobs now because shocking to some this does not pay (laughs) our mortgages um i thought uh, tinderphotography.ca contributions have gone up significantly right i mean our sponsors uh, are doing well so we're going to be happy with them we need more sponsors though We'd love they to. They are making more. money. Yeah, they are making money. A- anyone who'd like to sponsor us, we do accept uh, all sorts of payment. Uh, we would take pizza, Thai food, uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> Raps tickets, you know, or you know what? Now you can do. You go to a Raps game, and I can order you food through the app. Yeah. So okay, we gotta go because we're over and we have work to get to. But I went to do that last time. And every item at the at the seat was like two dollars more than if you went out. Really? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I paid eleven. You, man. I paid eleven dollars for a Coke. I thought that was regular price. Oh my no. god! Like the well, at least I noticed through the beers because like I went and bought a beer and it was like thirteen fifty. I think it was like fifteen bucks at the seat. I was like, come on, man! Del- it's not that hard to get food. Yo, it's delivery uh, charges, bro. Delivery charges. I know. I'm not. I'm not like. It's fine. Ne- ne- the other thing is there's nothing to watch in the halftime anyways. Next time you go to the game, you let me know your seat. I will personally deliver a beer to you. Actually, I wouldn't personally deliver. I'll get someone to deliver it, but I will get you a beer on your seat, and it'll be a surprise experience. Thank you. We're, we're watching a game together on the 16th, so we can do it. We can order it then, too. Oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Cavaliers. <laughs> awesome. All right. You guys have a great day. Again, follow us on the Untitled Raptors podcast on Instagram or on TikTok, the Untitled Raptors player. Uh, have a great day. Have a great week ahead. Let's wish the Raptors luck. Hopefully, Surgeon Kalari come back this week and we can beat the Knicks so bad that RJ Barrett tweets out, I'm he's playing for Canada. Yeah, immediately. immediately. He's going to leave the Knicks and just go and just join Canada. <laughs> that's all it is. Immediately. That's all. All right. Have a good day, guys. It's too early. See you next week. Bye-bye.